0: It is a very traditional Dutch springtime this year. And by that, I mean that it is raining. (laughs) It's been uh, beautiful weather until yesterday evening. It was uh, quite warm and sunny, but today the revenge of the weather is here. And we have rain and even thunderstorms covering most of the country. And yet here I am out in the woods recording an episode of the walk i mean i could stay inside and wait for the weather to improve but i wanted to get out before the start of the weekend i'm walking a bit slower than normal first of all because i'm walking uphill towards this uh, small gazebo at the end of this lane surrounded by these very tall i think oak trees and uh, The second reason is I'm walking slowly because my legs and my feet are still hurting. Not as much as yesterday evening, though. Um, I added another evening of running, or training, I should say, to my weekly schedule. I used to go out uh, for a run with my running group on Tuesday evenings and on Saturday mornings, but I've added... uh, thursday evenings to that as well and the reason is that i have the ambition to prepare for um two marathons in the later part of the year so in one in october and one in november and uh the, the, the main reason for that is that i really enjoyed running that marathon a few weeks ago but in order to improve my times and improve my form Um, I think I need a little bit more guidance, and that is why I joined another group um, that consists mostly of long-distance runners, so they're a a bit more advanced than the other group that I'm a part of, and some of them also ran the same marathon that I ran uh, a few weeks ago. So we already knew each other, and hopefully this extra evening of training will help me to correct a few really annoying habits that I've developed because I've always been running by myself. Um, I started running about 15 years ago. I just made a list with all the half marathons and marathons that I've run since then. But I was always running by myself. Uh, I think the main reason for that is it, it it was convenient. I had a very busy life. And the advantage of running is that you can just go out whenever you want. And so I was following um, a schedule that I found on the internet. The thing is, if nobody watches your training, you can actually uh, develop quite a few bad habits. And um, in, in my case, most of that is centered around not an absence of training... But it's uh, an unbalance in the way I've been training. I mostly ran without doing any core exercise, without even warming up or cooling down, and, uh, and also without uh, f- focusing on um, acceleration, deceleration, interval training, etc. All that is, uh, is fine for a casual runner, but it also makes you prone to injuries. And that's the reason that I'm actually not entirely, uh, pain-free right now. It's because during my last, uh, training, I think I overdid it a little bit and added to that the kind of lack of stability, uh, in my core. And the core is basically all your muscles around, uh, well, the core of your body, everything that's not limbs. Um, and if, if those muscles are not very developed, uh, you 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 risk kind of just wobbling and uh your 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 ankles can uh uh can start to twitch and you may compensate for that and i did all that i know this because yesterday i bought myself a new pair of running shoes my old pair was uh 4 5 years old i think i ran at least three marathons on them way too much mileage for uh a pair of shoes and so it was high time that I, that I upgraded to a new pair of shoes. But before you can do that, you have to make an assessment of your running style right now. And so they film you, they analyze your, uh, um, the movement of your entire body, not just the feet and the legs. Um, and one of the results of that, of that test was... That I am over pronating, which is very common among runners, um, which means that whenever you land, your ankle kind of twitches, and then the rest of your legs and your body starts to overcompensate. And so uh, during the test, it was also, it became clear that when I'm running, my feet are actually kind of crossing each other in, in a certain way, um, which means that I'm never really walk, running. Um, running up straight Uh, I didn't know that (laughs) but I got the advice to get um, a a, a certain type of shoes which gives a bit more guidance when you're running Um, so when I tried them out and we filmed that it turns out that that immediately improved uh, the the overall stability of my run hence less less uh, pressure on the body to compensate for for uh, this balance but i also got the advice to focus more on strengthening my core to do more um, strength training in between the the training exercises and also to maybe develop a faster stride which means instead of you know when you run you can do like boom 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 but you can also make smaller steps so it goes doom, doom, doom 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 And it's about, there's a certain rhythm for that. I think it's 100 beats per minute or something like that. Um, There's an optimal uh, stride length or, I'm not sure, I'm not familiar with the technical terms. Anyway, if you take smaller steps, it means less um, wear and tear on the joints and on the muscles. And also, in addition to that, less injuries probably. Now, with all those new insights, I figured I need it. Some extra some extra training, so there we are, training three times a week now, um, but since I was running with these brand new shoes yesterday evening, and we were doing um, high speed interval training, um, and the weather was nice, and I was motivated um, I, I think i I overdid it, and uh, around two thirds of the of the training, my legs were killing me my especially my like the the ball of my feet um, felt like it was on fire and i i don't think it's because it's the wrong pair of shoes it's just that these new shoes are actually guiding my 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 legs and my feet in in the right direction and so they they activate other muscle groups and my body is like protesting they're like but, but this is not this is not what we agreed upon this is not how we run <laughs> well get used to it and that's exactly what i will need to do is to take a bit more rest in between the training uh walk a bit slower on a day off like today and uh and then work on 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 a better more proper posture while running and with all that ultimately in october and november when i hope to run uh to other marathons uh i will be a lot a lot fitter and hopefully also um much more resistant to um uh, to the wear and tear of uh of, of this high intensity sports that i'm uh, that i'm doing and another last thing um that became clear to me is i'm still a bit too heavy for this kind of um this kind of exercise um and i found a calculator online and you can just uh type in your actual results for the marathon and how much you weigh and then you can subtract kilograms and so if i would weigh what is it three three kilos less i would already run the marathon between seven and ten minutes faster let alone if i would be at my ideal weight which is around 65, 66. I'm, I'm actually quite small for someone from the Netherlands, um, which means that I would, I would lose another, between 10 and 12 kilos. Uh, I, I would, just by losing that weight, I would already uh, improve my overall speed. Um, I would reduce my overall time for a marathon with half an hour. And I'm I'm talking about this not to annoy you, which I'm undoubtedly doing, at least for some of you, <laughs> with all this running information. But it's because it gave me a goal, a new goal. And, and it excites me. And being part of these two running groups is even more motivating. It's so cool to be together with other people of various ages. Some are older than I am, and others are much younger. But we all have the same hobby, the same... Uh, goal of trying to improve uh, our, our overall form um, and it's I don't know it's, there is a there's an exhilarating aspect of that um, to, to be training for something together with other people and, and so it's not just good for my physical health but I've noticed that um, now having a, a, a second running group uh, it, it also improves my mental health quite a bit. It's wonderful to be talking with people for you know. Training is usually an hour and a half, and while we're running, especially during the slower phases of the of the training, you, you have time to talk, and so you get to know people. And this second, this Thursday group is a lot bigger than than uh, the other group, so there are lots of people to get to know, and they're all from different backgrounds and. And of course, they sometimes know that I'm a priest, so they have lots of questions, and vice versa. I, I just notice how much I enjoy being among people in a, in a group that actually has nothing to do with my work, or with, my, or with church, or anything. Um, and everybody is super supportive and kind, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, it just uh, restores my hope in humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe vice versa it will restore some of the hope in, um, in, in the ground personnel of the church with some of them because I've already gathered from their reactions that they are a little bit puzzled by the presence of a priest in, a, in an ambitious running group. Apparently it's not something that uh, occurs very often. And yesterday I was running um, next to uh, another guy and he said, you know, I'm actually Catholic uh, or from a Catholic family. My parents were very faithful Catholics. They w- went to church and until their death, they really were strong believers. My family, I've got like three religious sisters in my family. Uh, there's an uncle who is a priest or a missionary. Um, but he said, I've, I've never met uh, a priest in, in this environment <laughs> who, who enjoys what I enjoy. And... Uh, and so we, we exchanged a little bit about that. And one of the things that I told him is that, you know, if you had told me 15 years ago that I would be doing this, that I would actually do any type of sports, I would have laughed out loud and would have not believed it because I felt that it was a waste of time. You know, that life is too short for sports. I have, to, I have to work. I've got meetings. I've got a parish to run. At the time, I actually had four parishes to run. So, no, that's not for my kind of people. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think that this idea that you are, uh, there's a lot of water here, so I'm navigating uh, over the dry patches in order to continue. Um, I try to not get muddy feet because I only have one, one pair of, of regular shoes. Maybe I should have um, gotten myself a a new pair of of walking shoes as well yesterday while I was at it. (laughs) Because I need to start training for the big walking event in, uh, what is it, July? Like the four-day, 50 kilometers a day walking event that almost killed me last year. (laughs) I signed up for another another round. But I need to be better prepared than last year. But anyway, so... um, a, a lot of my colleagues still live the way I lived, where you are so focused on your mission and so driven because it's a it's a positive thing. You feel like every single moment of your life, all your effort should go into the mission because we have been taught that we are just unworthy servants, right? So we need to we need to make sure that life is not about us, but it's about, the flock that uh, was entrusted to us. Now, of course, as you know, that this is also a huge pitfall because it can easily lead to a Messiah complex where you think that the salvation of the world depends on you, whereas in reality, it does not. <laughs> it is Christ who is the Savior. He is the Redeemer. And yes, in that way, we are all unworthy servants We just do what we need to do. Um, And that's it. We have nothing to boast about. Um, Humility is, is an essential part, I think, of trying to be a follower of Jesus. But at the same time, this attitude doesn't mean that you should not take care of yourself and that you should not create a certain balance in your life that enables you to be there when it counts. And... As you know that has been my huge evolution i should say i could say in in the way i live out my vocation um coming from um almost a workaholic uh lifestyle where i would always be thinking about about stuff where i wouldn't even qualify work as work i just felt no this is what i want you know i love doing this this is what I've chosen when I became a priest. So how can it possibly be work? How can it possibly cost me energy? Yeah, right. That's not how the force works. <laughs> it's not how the Holy Spirit works. And Jesus is very aware of that when he accompanies his um, his apostles uh, during their journeys. Um, you never see Jesus forcing forcing his apostles to to. Uh, go over their limits. In in fact, he encourages them to acknowledge their limits. When he when he sends them out to go on their first mission trip, sends them out two by two, but he says, "I am going to to force you to acknowledge your limitations every step of the way." So, here's what you do. You don't take extra shoes. You don't take money with you. You're not going to make all sorts of plans. No. I want you to realize that it, all that does not depend on you. What I, what I want to teach you is how to receive before you give. Because that's basically, that's not what Jesus says literally, but that's, that's the result. If you don't have money, if you don't have, if you didn't book hotels along your missionary journey, then you need to ask other people for help. And you have to go from door to door. Um, Jesus warns them against staying. Um, uh, now wait a minute—it's the opposite, right? Does he tell them to not go from place to place? Yeah, he warns them against uh, like trying to seek out the the best places to eat and the richest families, etc. He says, you know, you're worth your your uh, your wages, so just stay there until you're. Stay with the the, the people that uh, receive you until you're done. And when people don't want you, don't force it. Don't think that you have to convince them. No, just move along. You know, take the dust of your, get the dust of your of your uh, sandals, and just walk to the next village. Again, warning them, I think, against this idea that it all depends on them. It doesn't, because you cannot control someone else's. Uh, free exercise of, of, uh, of, of free will and so this, this admonition to um, to obey if people send them away and to just move on to the next village is also uh, a way for Jesus to say yeah, respect the people don't, don't force them it, 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 like Jesus can only work with us if we open the door and if we don't he'll just knock on our doors That's all, but he's not gonna. He's not going to be the the classic Hollywood superhero who who um, uh, after pounding on the door gives a final warning and then just just uh, (laughs) enters like Hagrid (laughs) when he's when he's uh, inviting Harry to come along to uh, to Hogwarts. (laughs) Jesus is not Hagrid, so. He, um, he's very aware that his, his apostles need rest, uh, need a certain balance in their lives. And if they are exhausted, he, he feeds them. Um, when they don't know how to solve a certain situation, he gives them advice. Uh, and when they're tired, he tells them to take, take some rest. And he will be with the people. So if it's so clear, and to me, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that Jesus wants his followers to uh, live a balanced life. <sighs> wow. Okay, this was maybe not a good idea. I'm now at a junction, but on my left and on my right is actually a horse path, which means it's, um, it's not hardened, but it's sand. Um, but it used to be sand, but now it is mud because of the rain. I'm just gonna walk on the border and see if I can find another path that isn't as swampy as this one. <laughs> yeah, I think the idea to keep my my, my shoes mud-free has already failed. Um, but if it's, if, if it's so obvious, then why do priests and bishops, and maybe also popes, ignore uh, that advice? <laughs> or think that it doesn't apply to them. They have to just work until... Until they die uh, no I've learned my lesson in the past and I intend to train myself more and more oh here's a here's a path to the right that is a little bit easier to walk on I've learned my lesson by uh, all the injuries physical but also mental and maybe even spiritual in my life when I when I tried to do too much and what I didn't take care of. Uh, of myself and unfortunately I still see with all the pressure on the on the few priests that are left I see so many of my colleagues um, living a very unhealthy life and even saying that that is a good thing it proves that they are good priests <laughs> it brings them closer to God if they die earlier um, yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be so sure of that <laughs> anyway Balance is uh, is a c- continuous challenge, especially uh, if you have a ton of ideas and 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 you love what you do. But what I've learned uh, over the past few months now is that uh, slowing down and 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 picking your battles, which means kind of like choosing what you do and what you don't do, and what is the core of your mission. Your area of excellence, you could say, instead of just, you know, what can you do, what anyone can do, and 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 asking yourself, but what is that one specific thing where God has given me the the exact talents for this task and he counts on me to do that? Um, And what is all the stuff that, you know, maybe I could do and it wouldn't be bad in itself, maybe even good, but it would... Detract from the, my core vocation or the direction in which the Holy Spirit is leading me in, um, and that's not the same as a messiah complex. You know, knowing that there is this specific thing that God asks you to do or to, to focus upon, it doesn't mean that you are irreplaceable, but it means that you're realistic about your time, uh, your energy, and uh, that if you if you try to do everything, that's that's where you fall into the trap of thinking that you are the Messiah. <laughs> because usually Jesus does not ask you to do everything. He'll ask one specific thing of you. And, uh, and, and, and your, your, your challenge in life is to figure out what that is and follow up on it. Okay. This is a very familiar spot in the woods as well. We often gather here on Saturday morning. I recognize it because it's uh, th- there are like one two three four roads in uh, in all directions, and there is a small hill uh which is kind of peculiar I think that, that maybe there m- there's been a tree and and uh the the tree fell down, and this is kind of the the remaining roots that are now covered in 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 earth and I don't know plants maybe rotting underneath. <laughs> Um, and so from here, I, we, we usually do like these small rounds of like one or two kilometers and alternate between fast and slow. So again, um, almost a metaphor of life where sometimes you have to go fast and you have to g- you give it all your energy, but then you need time to recover and you need time to take it easy. I apply this, this principle of trying to find balance uh, also, in my social contacts, I um, I had a few social visits uh, lately. So this this past week, um, the former inhabitants of the rectory where I now live came to 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 visit and to see what the house looks like now. And so I planned that on, uh, well the proposal was to do that on on Tuesday. But I also had uh my training on tuesday and so in the past i would have rescheduled or i would have tried to kind of make everything fit somehow and now i was like no i'll just i'll just skip the training one thing at a time because if i reschedule for this for wednesday then i'll have tuesday evening a visit over uh, the training then wednesday evening a visit thursday training it's too much i need a day for myself to just do my thing and uh the same thing on friday today's friday that i'm recording this on friday um i'm trying to uh to really focus on the simple things that i need to do today uh, so i don't fall behind on anything else there, there are always a gazillion things that i could do the fact that i can do them doesn't mean that i have to do them or that it's god's will that i do them so it's always uh um, every day I think starts with this discernment so what's up for today, what did I plan and even if if it's too much, if I feel like well huh, I was a bit too optimistic don't be afraid to cancel those plans right away um, which is something I do a lot when it comes to my media work um, and I, I also notice that it helps to not only discern this yourself privately in prayer and by thinking about it, but to share it with others and then to ask communal discernment. Um, to give you an example, last week I I um, I asked the question if you would be interested in me doing more sound-seeing tours. Uh, in case you missed that episode, it's those walks where I am in a city or in in another country and I take you I bring you along and we go visit places and I explain um, the history and what I see and it's like a little uh, audio adventure and I I noticed that I really enjoy that format and I miss it it's how a lot of you have gotten to know me because that used to be my main uh, podcast Way before YouTube... Um... Where shall I go? You know what? I'm gonna go left here because if I continue... the walk becomes a bit too... I'm walking uphill again, I don't think that's wise. Uh, Especially my right leg is already protesting a little bit. So... So... uh, uh, Instead of immediately just doing that without asking... I brought it up in the podcast. I also brought it up in the, in the break, my other show. And I got some very valuable feedback and some extra discernment where a number of you said, oh yeah, that would be great if you could do that. And I love that. I didn't realize how much I missed it until you went to London and recorded those episodes. But then there was also uh, someone who said, uh, sure, that would be wonderful. However don't feel obliged to do this on a weekly basis uh don't don't create yet another podcast what what i value the most is that you just do your weekly shows the ones that we love and uh, that's why we support you but there is already so much value in what you do that uh we we wouldn't want you to um to overdo it or you don't don't feel obliged to create even more value the value that we that we get out of your weekly shows that you do right now is already a lot so maybe do it once a month or just mini series every now and then but certainly don't create yet another series and that was very valuable feedback that's how I also feel myself felt myself uh, there are times in my life where I truly am inspired to record these audio shows when when i was in london it was so obvious that i wanted to bring you along with video and also with audio so i did there are lots and lots of weeks where my life is very mundane and i'm just walking around here in the woods and we chat and this is actually a really nice path this is a bike lane in the middle of the woods um you may remember this from one of the videos that I made while recording the walk uh, last year. Um, I think they're still somewhere online on YouTube. <laughs> but uh, because it's raining, there's not much risk of like high-speed bikers running into me. So I think I can walk here. The advantage is this is all concrete. Um, so it's not muddy. And it's, a, it's very stable to walk on, which my legs do appreciate um so lots lots of weeks and months in my life there is just not much to that would elevate um these these audio tours above what you hear right now on on the walk so i'll just continue to do this and then every once in a while when i'm traveling um i might actually drop a few new episodes where i am sharing that particular experience and maybe i'll I'll put that in in a different feed just so everything stays a bit in its lane <laughs> i know i know that some of you really don't care uh when i when i mix it mix it all up and then you get stuff in your in your feed that uh, you didn't subscribe to <laughs> so and the same is true for my video uh, work as well i shared with you last week that i'm focusing on editing the documentaries and I don't want to move on to the next project before I have uh, completed uh, the documentaries that I've already filmed this will not of course solve the big big backlog backlog that's a tricky word that I have where I've got about two years worth of material and I'm also really eager to sit down and edit but again temptation is I want to do it all, and then I don't finish anything. Whereas now I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to fo- to be able to focus on the Alfia uh, documentary, so the Fantasy Fair, and uh, uh, on the, on the Star Wars rap- the report on the, on the Star Wars celebration. And having that focus has also helped me creatively. Um, not having like all these different creative projects on my plate, not having to do like short form videos every day, and um, feeling guilty that I didn't do my deep dive an- analysis of the Mandalorian season three and all that, um, it, it it frees up creative space in my mind. And one of the things that where I want to challenge myself a bit and where I I feel like I can make progress is. Uh, in the, on the level of storytelling. And so I've been thinking a lot about how can I elevate uh, my, my traditional f- form of storytelling to something that is much better and much com- more compelling to watch. And so I read up on some um, books about storytelling. I read a very cool book. It's unfortunately only in Dutch. Um, and it's, it's um, at like a 12-step application of the monomyth by Joseph Campbell. I'm sure that most of you will be uh, familiar with that concept. So Joseph Campbell was a writer who um, came up with this overarching uh, structure of a lot of our myths, religious stories, and movies, all sorts of stories, uh, where he describes... um, a number of steps in the journey of the hero and it's it was never meant as a template for all stories but it was a structure that he recognized in so many uh different stories and and, and myths from from all over the world that he felt like i've discovered um like a, a hidden law of storytelling almost and the book that i read um, was a very cool practical implementation of those ideas and those steps with lots of suggestions like here's what you could write but what if you take into account this particular this particular um, step like for instance you can tell a story like oh, today I went to record a podcast I went to the woods it was raining so I took my umbrella I walked for a while I got mud on my shoes and after an hour, I was back home and I posted it online. And now you're listening to that podcast. You can tell a story like that. It's not the most compelling, like, oh my gosh, I must know how this ends. You know how it ends. <laughs> it's not different. But what if you, create, if you start your story with a problem? And you say, I need to get this episode of The Walk out to my listeners because I promised and they they really want me to uh provide them with this this show. However, my my feet are killing me. My my legs are hurting so much. I'm actually injured. I shouldn't walk. And and so but the show is called the walk. Plus, it is raining cats and dogs. The the woods are going to be so muddy. My equipment is vulnerable and I don't want it to get wet and there is a, also a thunderstorm looming. What am I going to do? You know what? I'm just going to risk it. I'm going to go out. and Oh my gosh, it's even worse than I thought. It's raining. It's, I've got mud everywhere. The, the water is seeping into my socks. And yet, I cannot focus on this. I must go on. I must provide the, my listeners with, with some good content. But I get so distracted by everything around me. Ah. Okay, you know what? There's only one solution to this. I need to talk about balance. I, I'm forcing myself way too often. And why did I leave it up to this last moment instead of recording this earlier during the week? Well, you know what? Let's turn that into the topic of, of the show. And let's talk about other moments where I lost that balance and it cost me. And, and let's be careful. Will I make it? Or am I still forcing myself too much? It is such a dilemma. I know that my body tells me to rest because of all the running previously. But I also know that I made a commitment and I want to be there for my followers. But am I not counteracting the the, the one message that I'm trying to convey? I'm telling people to take it easy, to find balance. And yet here I am on a Friday where I, whereas I should be recovering. I'm still strolling through the woods and it's almost as if the, the heavens are punishing me for it. God is telling me, hey, I... I made it rain so you wouldn't go outside. Of, what do you do now? You see, this is just I'm making this up as I go, but it's a totally different way of describing the same exact facts and events. Now, I didn't start the podcast like this. <laughs> it's only now that I am conscious uh, of an alternate way to tell a story that I bring this structure into my narrative. What I hope over time is that that will become second nature. It isn't now, so it does cost me a lot more energy to bring that in. You know what? I'm not going to continue. I'm going to walk back and then turn here because it is still a long way to get home. And I also need to record the break this afternoon. Um... So what I, uh, what I was thinking of with the, uh, with, with the Fantasy Fair material, um, I, I kind of, it was all over the place because the weather was so bad. I filmed quite a bit in the morning uh, on the first day and then I didn't film anything anymore in the afternoon because of the rain. And then the next day I filmed some more. Most of the interviews are from the second day and it's super simple. I didn't have a plan. I didn't, had, I didn't have that many you know, good interviews because everybody was still kind of bracing themselves against the weather, so not everyone was in the mood to have a nice conversation on camera. So how, how do I turn that into a story? And I've been going over that in my mind, and um, the, a possible storyline could be uh, I've always dreamt ...of living in the worlds that I read about. As a child, you know, insert photo of me when I was five years old... ...I, I was reading these fairy tale books and, and I was like... ...oh, if only I could live in a world with castles and knights and fairies... And, ...and trolls and gnomes. And you know what? I've been on a lifelong quest to make that happen. And how? Well... By surrounding myself with people who, like me, would like to step into the stories that they've, already also, that they've always read. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'm... <laughs> I just stepped into the mud. And both my feet were sinking into the ah, spongy. Alright. I guess when I get home, I'll have to dry my shoes and then brush them off. Um, where was i so and 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 here's here 's where I am now. I am walking around. there is a castle in the distance. look, i'm surrounded by fairies. There is a troll there. Do you see that? People are eating the most the, the strangest food here they're dancing there's music. Um, I am living in a fairy tale world, and then let's explore what this world looks like and what what is it? Why do I keep searching for this? this, this, why am I chasing this? This just, you know, I could write a whole script based on those, on those inner thoughts, all the while showing what I'm talking about or illustrating what I'm talking about. And then ultimately, I don't know how I'll work towards a, a solution. So at the, at the end of the la, the second day, I was uh, talking a lot to the Tolkien folks. Um there's a a Tolkien society that was there and I went to one of their, uh, one of their uh, readings or what what they had a, like a talk about uh, the Rings of Power and Numenor. So maybe that is a, that's a nice way to end. Say, well, hey, even a scholar like Tolkien who, who was versed in, 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 uh, in literature and ancient history and, uh, Even he felt the need to create a world full of wizards and hobbits. And maybe, in in, in talking with the Tolkien people, we we might find out a little bit why. Something like that. Now, it's not there yet, but it took me about two weeks to come up with this potential storyline. And it makes it much more interesting. Because then all of a sudden the story becomes a personal quest. And it starts with a problem, a question, like, why is it that I've always wanted to walk around in my imaginary world? Why why do I surround myself with cosplayers from the 501st garrison, dressing up like Darth Vader and uh, (laughs) and Stormtroopers? Wait a minute, there's a spider hovering in front of me. No, 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 no. And I have... I have I've walked straight into its attempts to uh, weave a web here across the street, or across the path. And then it latched onto my umbrella and wanted to continue to do some work while being shielded by my umbrella. But unfortunately for the spider... Um, I do respect spiders. I don't hate them as much as I used to, but I also would really like to them to... To live that live out their lives somewhere else, <laughs> preferably at at a distance from my life. <laughs> live and let live. So I just had to make sure that the spider found a new branch on the side of the road to latch onto. Sorry about that. <laughs> um. So if if I would uh, if I would have been working on small small videos and and i there's still this pull, you know i i miss doing the tiktoks and uh and the instagrams and i know that for you for my youtube channel it would be wonderful if i could do these one minute videos Um i saw that that cliff ravenscraft was was doing a ton of short short form videos the other day and uh, or the other week and he talks about it in his uh in his uh journal his audio journal and said well i've been Playing around with CapCut, which is uh, an editing program uh, made by uh, the same company that uh, by ByteDance that makes TikTok, and it it can add auto captions. I didn't know that, so it's like, oh my gosh, CapCut can do auto captions right now. Oh my gosh, I so want to make a ton of short videos now, and then I could upload them to YouTube. And before I knew it, I was I was creating this master plan of me being the top producer of short form content. <sighs> and then I realized, wait a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This this no. Let's let's not do this. Let's write it down. It's it's a very interesting um idea, but I've made the decision to focus on the documentaries right now. And 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 if I don't, if I start to do short form videos in addition to this, if I go to make like an entirely new podcast series with soundseeing tours, and I'm going to promote that, I will. My mind will be so full of other ideas that I won't be able to focus on what I actually want to learn for the future, and that is storytelling. Improve my storytelling craft. Focus, focus, focus. I've also done this in um, in my. Pastoral duties in the parish um, as you know I, I like to to preach, I love telling a story, <laughs> but there are also other things that I need to master, uh, one of which is uh, brevity. <laughs> I want to shorten my homilies a bit um, but I also re- realize I can't do everything at once it's either this or that, so either I'm going to focus on on delivering short homilies, uh, and I forget about the storytelling, at least I'll I'll maybe do it subconsciously, but or I'm going to focus on what a lot of people give me as feedback, is that they enjoy the stories. And it helps them to stay focused on the homily, and they don't realize that my homilies are a bit long, because the story helps them to stay engaged. So now I've been trying to to hone my craft when it comes to storytelling. Um, In in the past, I would sometimes begin with an anecdote that actually was just a lead-in, just to grab people's attention, but it had nothing to do with what I wanted to convey in the homily. And I'm getting better at picking stories that are actually emblematic, you could say, of what the gospel is trying to convey. And there is much more synergy between the story... And the technique. And and the contents of the homily. But again, I'm f- just focusing on that for the moment. And if people want shorter homilies, um, that's on my list. I can't do everything at once. And so, it uh, brings me back to this whole topic of trying to avoid uh, thinking that, that I'm the messiah. And that everything depends on my homilies. And that if I if i don't preach uh, if i don't um, make shorter sh- shorter homilies or sermons people will walk away no they don't <laughs> and, and and maybe this anxiety if i well if i don't do short form videos i'm going to lose my tiktok audience uh, so <laughs> so you know and and They'll be back. I mean, you've done this before. You can do it again. It's just that if you try to do everything, you'll lose everything. The more you tighten your grip, the more... The more... Uh, is it star systems will slip through your finger? Something like that. It's like Tarkin on a Death Star who feels that... Uh, he needs to tighten his grip on the entire galaxy... Uh, Well, and it's all like this—this insatiable hunger for power and influence and Uh, wealth—that becomes his demise. And and Leia warns warns against that. The more you try to, it's actually actually very um, compatible, you could say, with uh, with the gospel. Where Leia says, "Well, the more you tighten your grip, the more it will slip through your fingers." And Every time the Republic, the New Republic tries to do that, or the Jedi have tried to do that, they've lost. And so it's all about listening to the Force and respecting um, the people around you and do only what is necessary, only what helps and what you do best. Imagine if the Empire in Star Wars would have focused all that energy and the incredible knowledge that they had and all the resources into improving the condition of the people in the Outer Rim, for instance. You know, they would have focused on a planet like Jakku or or Tatooine where people live in poverty just by being kind to them and helping them to uh, grow their economy. And (laughs) I don't know, they would have gained so much power because these people would be grateful; they would love to join the empire. Now they're only staying with the empire out of fear that they otherwise will be obliterated by the next super weapon that the empire has built. So there's some some good life lessons in Star Wars. Um, so that is about what I wanted to share with you. Let me see. Yeah, it's uh, it's beginning to. be to uh uh wait my brain is freezing <laughs> it's uh starting uh it's be- my what i can't speak anymore it's time to start wrapping up that's what i wanted to say <laughs> i usually have these like these these this brain paralysis at the beginning of the walk um so it's something you don't know but it happens almost every time i record the walk is I start I have a false start, like nine times out of ten, which means actually what I'm trying to say is, I have to first record the beginning of every walk nine times, and I only strike gold the the tenth time, and it's usually within five seconds that I realize, ah, come on, what are you saying? You, focus, and I begin again. And it's, oh man, what is this, this, this car is making so much noise. Let's start again. And then sometimes it's after three or four minutes where I totally talk myself into a corner. And then I've, I've, sometimes I'm so frustrated that I do the podcasting equivalent of, um, of a, um, uh, a rage quit. You know, rage quit comes from the gamer's vocabulary... ...where people are trying to get through a level and they fail every time... ...and then they just shut down the whole computer. That's how angry they are. Well, in my case, when I have too many of these false starts... ...I just wipe out the entire SD card. It's like I don't even want to have proof of the fact that I messed up nine times... ...before I finally got going. And then after I'm over the hump of the first few minutes... It just flows, and usually without any hiccups until the end of the episode, except for today. Um, so, but then I just added this little behind-the-scenes information to uh, to smooth it over. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this uh, this this short. Uh, well, no, it's actually, not short, but this, this this these meanderings, these ponderings about about balance and about. Uh, spacing out things and giving your, yourself time to recover because ultimately and that's the gist of what I was trying to convey this is what Jesus does with his apostles so why would he do any different with me it's okay what I do he hopes that I find my my very specific vocation and that in that sense we're all in a certain way irreplaceable we're unique And and there's something of a uniqueness to each and everyone's vocation. Uh, But that doesn't mean that you're completely indispensable and you are the savior. No. It it means that you have to balance out your energy so you can do that one thing that God wants you to do. or follow-up on that one vocation without losing... um, without losing your health in the process and that's what i hope for for all my fellow priests as well and i pray for them i pray for the pope i pray for the bishops that they they will always realize that uh, yes they've been called to work in god's vineyard but they've been sent to work in a specific area of that vineyard and god hires more people than just you to make sure that he can harvest everything Um, doesn 't depend on you remember the story the parable of the the workers in the vineyard and there are also a bunch of people that he calls in on the in the very last hour of the day and they get the same reward because God um, God is good <laughs> and and it's it's not the amount of hours that you sacrifice that will determine the, your reward your reward should be the the feeling that you're You're just a humble servant, and you've done what God asked you to do. Nothing more and nothing less, because that's enough. All right. Talk to you later, and have a wonderful rest of your week. Take care, and God bless.